Hello, travelers, and welcome to Unprepared DMs. I'm your host, Robert. Social media is at AlphaNova95. I'm, jo- I'm also here with my co-host. I am uh, Richie, also known as Solar Spartan 88 uh, Yeah. Today, we will be joined with two of our party members, also one of our other DMs, Jared, a.k.a. Chaotic, and Teddy. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring them in real quick. All right. All right. We got uh, we got Jared and Teddy. Uh, we got to wait for Teddy's connected with audio. Hi. All right. All right. Hello? You guys are, you guys are in? Hello. Can you guys right. hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear us? Uh, yeah, I can hear you guys. Can you right, hear uh, me? Yes, I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, I can hear. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Thank you guys for joining us on today's episode of Unprepared DMs. So today's topic is how do you how would you introduce your party to a new campaign instead of going that typical you all meet in the tavern route? I think uh, a lot of standard campaigns go that route of you all meet in that tavern, uh, that one mysterious guy that should probably be in jail for bringing you guys all here. Um, that route is kind of stale at this point. So. I'll ask uh, Richie and I'll ask you guys both how would you guys, what route would you guys take? And we'll go from there. So, uh, Jared, take us away. How would you introduce uh, you? How would you introduce your party without going to the tavern route? Well, what I would do is kind of like how I started off the fall of Angelic Humanity was instead of everybody kind of being in a tavern, I had it where y'all just happened to be out in the town that this fight had had been happening in and just for background information i did an entire story before the campaign that led up to that point and then the campaign picked up after that but instead of everybody kind of meeting up in a tavern it was more people were in this village for their own means and then all of a sudden that veil between the mystical creatures and humanity was torn wide open and everybody kind of saw everybody else or the humans was able, were able to see everybody else. And it was a good way to kind of integrate the different races of the parties together rather than trying to go, Hey, this has just been established and, Y'all have been called to this tavern for this quest. Absolutely. And awesome. I think uh, the, the more unique the introductory to the campaign is, kind of sets the tone for the campaign. Uh, for sure, like uh, for Rise of Lazarus, you went to, we went the route of you guys got an invitation to this town and said, on the tavern route, you all met up at the city because you all got this common invitation. Now, I think Richie and I can both agree that this insight that we're about to get from Teddy is probably more unique because Teddy is, to my knowledge at least, not DM'd yet. And um, No, I have not. You have not. So this is kind of from a player's perspective, which is always unique and always welcomed. So, Teddy, if you were a DM, how, what route would you take for this? I feel like I'd have to agree with Jared on a lot of those points. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the whole like victim of circumstances, what I believe it's called. 
uh, where like, you know, instead of just meeting in a tavern, like everyone was just doing their own thing. And then, wow, big villain showed up or something. And that what that's what brought the party together rather than just like, oh, we are all adventurers. Whoop de do. Yeah, for sure. So like, I, I believe in, because we're only one episode away from uh, Soup's campaign being over. I believe we all met at a tavern in Under the Gates of All. If I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. I, I I believe I wasn't there for the first session, so Yeah, you came you can't you were literally this session after, I also believe. To be but, honest, I don't remember that was so <laughs> long ago. Yeah, it's been a yeah. few months. Um but I think that with like I said before, starting off the campaign with a unique way to introduce the players to the world that the DM has created and that you guys are gonna help uh, create is unique it sets the tone for the rest of the campaign and it kind of gets the players um players feel for the world as well definitely yeah um an idea that i tossed around with and i've also seen a few dms that i watch on youtube go about is starting the campaign right in the middle of a, like a battle like you guys, the first thing you guys do is fight. I think that gets, yeah. to me, that's unique because you're going to um, have a bunch of things going on at once and it kind of throws them into the mix, kind of gets them used to the combat system, the sort of enemies you might be fighting instead of your traditional bandits and thieves. So that's one way that I, I've been tossing around for a while. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Teddy, from yes. uh, besides Lazarus, Angelic, Fall of Janic, Humanity, Under the Gates of All, what other campaigns have you played in? Have you? I know you're in another session that's not with our group. Uh, yeah. You, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna like just like talk about the other session it's uh it's just with some uh other th- people that i'd met like uh like the the dm posted like a uh a like looking for players thing on like a big server i'm in and i okay. was like whoa uh, and like they were catering to new players and all that and i hadn't played dungeons and dragons in like quite a long time so i decided and i was starting to get back into it and you know i joined up okay so Besides that campaign that you're in now, all right. Uh, you played before, but before that campaign, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Were they all like? Did you all kind of just meet in the tavern every time you played? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Solar and I uh, have gone that route a lot with our old DM. Every, I think all of our, from what I remember, all of our campaigns started in the tavern. I think. Other than one, one of them we actually started off in the dungeon. I think Remember I know which one you. T- yeah, the, the one. Where- yes, 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 yes. You're right. We went through a uh, Tower of Doom campaign. It was rough. Yeah, there was like <laughs> I think he said there was like fourteen fours, and every four uh, became harder and harder. Yep. I think we made it to about four, like eight or nine, and it just got absolutely demolished. Yep, it was uh brutal to say the least. 100, 110 percent. 
it was the most brutal stuff ever. <laughs> Jared, what about you? What, what kind of experience do you have with D&D outside of our, uh, the three campaign that we're currently in? Uh, so far, the only one that I have participated in as a player that didn't start off in a tavern was uh, the Rise of Lazarus, but I actually first started playing D&D back in 2014, and my DM then hadn't uh, done anything with Dungeons and Dragons for a couple of years. So we did um, one of the pre-built stories for uh, 5e, which was the Rise of Tiamat. And that yeah. one we started off in a tavern. Those pre-built campaigns are so interesting. By the way, I got to do a selfless plug here. Richie and I are hosting a giveaway. If we hit uh, 100 followers on Twitter on, on, at Unprepared DMs, we will be giving away a pre-made campaign. So if you are looking to get into D&D or if you're first time DMing, these are great ways to get into it as they're already pre-made, pre-built. All your characters are pre-made. Um, so pretty much the, the initial stress of uh, preparing a whole world and uh, making a character for the first time is kind of taken away and it's kind of easier. So we recommend those for, for beginners. Uh, and also a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, me, me and Richie have played a, quite a few of those. Uh, I, I know I played oh, one yeah. with him recently about about, about two like weeks, six months ago. Two weeks before you joined Under the Gaze of All. Yeah. Didn't go uh, so well. Half of the party didn't take it serious, so kind of didn't go too far but that, that happens yeah for sure that's one thing you need in D&D is to have stuff being taken serious to a degree absolutely um, I'm, I lost my track oh no I didn't uh, so Teddy with yeah. you my, my good sir uh, as a player what do you what do you kind of look for in a campaign like, in, especially because the beginning is so crucial so as a player what what uh, made you stick around for the campaigns you're in and what do you look for when you join a campaign? I personally like a lot of homebrew stuff and just like a lot of freedom and all that when it comes to, you know, campaigns, because like I always have like a ton of ideas. But then like, you know, if you do, if you join a campaign that follows by the uh, books, you end up just getting like a pretty boring character and that's like letting me have free reign. Aside from just, I just like creative stuff. I, I've never really been in like a, a in like a pre-planned campaign. From what I remember, pretty much every single campaign I've been in has been like homebrewed, or at least like strays, like at least like starts with like a, a pre-planned base and then goes off with homebrew and all that. Yeah. So 100%. I've never, I've never been, done like a rise of Tiamat and all that. Yeah, and yeah. you know, as a you know, as as a beginner to DMing, as a beginner to playing D and D, um, that's nothing to like. If, if that's what you want to do to get into that pre-made stuff, I encourage you to hundred percent because it takes a lot of that stress away. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, a lot of the magic of D and D is like making your own stuff. So like, I, I don't mind like pre-planned campaigns, but like pre-planned characters, you know, yeah. all that. I think uh, we talked about the, we actually 
last week I know we talked about the character making processes, so I'm not going to touch too much on that. But making your character for a campaign is almost it's I would say it's probably more important than um, making the world because you can make the world, but if the characters don't fit the world, your campaign goes nowhere. Or at least doesn't fit the person who made it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. It, it's something where it's like you kind of need to have an equal both. Like the, like, you need communication from the DM and from the players. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. So, so uh, introducing the world is an important part to D&D itself, but introducing the players and their characters is another crucial point. Like what what interesting or what's your favorite like character meet that you two have had so far? We'll start with Teddy. Um, all right. Uh, just off the top of my head, I guess that's uh, kind of hard to remember. Uh, all I know is that like I'm kind of remembering back to like kind of like the first ever campaign I've ever done, or at least the start of one. It didn't really go anywhere, but like my my dad can't uh, like DM'd a campaign for me and my uh, friends. It it really didn't go anywhere, but uh, after like the first like fight, but like it, it was basically like you know how in Lord of the Rings or uh or that other movie uh don't watch those a whole lot but like how like you know when uh when that big old tower with the big old flaming eye falls down and then yeah. there's all the orcs running away yep well mm-hmm. he kind of it t- kind of took place where like our care like me and my friend's characters were all these orcs and we were trying to escape from this thing and we that's ended pretty- up in a cave and all that and that's how it started and that that would, was a lot of fun that's pretty cool that's pretty cool what about you jared um, being biased as a DM, I think the entry I did for my campaign was pretty good, but again, that's being biased for my own, but excluding that, the one that I had the most fun with was with the rise of Lazarus with that intro, especially where we went into the campaign and for my character, I actually have a voice modifier to sound more robotic and even though it kind of was a rush attempt because i wasn't at my or able to use my full setup just having everybody hear that and just hearing the reaction of wow that was not what i was expecting was (laughs) awesome yeah i was i was not expecting that and it was it was great hearing it for the first time yeah and it never gets old no, it doesn't. Linus's character, that voice is so much fun. Especially last session when you did the the, uh, the grogi voice. Oh, yeah. It, it was... <laughs> man, I've never laughed so hard in D&D since I've started playing. It was it was great, A. Yeah, that was an amazing voice. <laughs> um, Put this guy for, in a movie already. I think for me... <laughs> Like not being biased with the rise of Lazarus, because I DM the rise of Lazarus. My favorite character introduction was also with the fall of angelic humanity. I think not often do you get a campaign where it's where mystical creatures. From what I, what we gathered, we only got one session so far. From what I've gathered, is humans can't see them to an extent. So to have that that um, 
that creative freedom to be like, like how Soup introduces how you can actually see me for once. It's like, it's very unique because it, it gives a whole new dynamic to the campaign and to the players itself. I, I agree with that. I've never had a start that was like that where like humans couldn't see any other kind of creature. So it was very interesting. And I also really enjoyed uh, our characters in that, the, the Gorbos and Boras. Yeah. Because, you know, um, the only other, like, once again, being unbiased to uh, Rez Lazarus, I think another unique character introduction I had, and Richie was a part of this as well, was we started off in a pitch black dungeon and we were fighting each other to see who would be the team leader. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. One, I don't ever encourage team fighting, but if it makes sense, like that did and what Soup did, it's it's awesome. It's worth it. Um, nobody gets their feeling hurt because it's it's the objective of the, the said session. So I, I think it's awesome. And yeah. no one actually dies. Yes. Well, I mean, you say no one gets hurt in team fighting unless they you know roll double nat ones on their first attack. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Double nat ones are a are a um, treasure around these parts. I love when that happens. Yeah, advantage is supposed to be such a nice thing, but, it, but like twice the pride, double the fall. Oh, yeah. And that's the beauty of the dice roll is that if you get to nat 20, you know, hooray, you you know, something epic's about to happen. But when you get to nat 1, like, oh, shoot, what's going to happen here? It's always interesting to find out what happens. Oh, yeah, for 100%. Whether it be really good or really bad. To kind of piggyback off of Virtue's question about your favorite character introductory, because that is very important to the world. Um, we're gonna go. I'm gonna spin that question a little bit differently. Uh, what is your favorite entry, uh, entry, uh, meeting of the big bad? Hmm. We'll start with Jared for this one. Uh, honestly, the only campaign that I've ever played where I've met the big main enemy was the rise of Lazarus because in the campaign the the, when I did the rise of Tiamat in 2014 we never even got to meet Tiamat or we were like I think in game about a few months to a year away from actually having it happen yeah but we went into a uh, fight and got party wiped there. And then with Under the Gaze of All, I think we've had like just subtle nods to Mulgag, but I don't think we've ever actually encountered him in person yet. Fun fact about Under the Gaze of All, because I actually asked Super about it. I was like, did we actually go? I think we've been in this campaign for about six months, if, if I'm mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. Um, and when the gods summoned us and we go to that different point of existence, Soup did tell me that Mogag was in the audience. Hmm. So uh, Mo- we have seen Mogag, but we actually never have interacted with him. Which I think hmm. is unique. What about you, Teddy? Uh, meeting the big bad? Yeah. Uh- from what I remember, really the only two times, like the really like few times I've only met, like the big bad would be in uh, Rise of Lazarus and Under the Gaze of All. Yeah. And I guess uh, like, you know, Rise of Lazarus, 
uh, you know, part of the, like, you know, big bad was like, you know, part of like, it's part of my arc. So I think I'm a bit biased when I say rise of Lazarus. I appreciate that. Um, Lazarus plays a big part in uh, a lot of your characters is uh, arcs plays a huge role in so, uh, Richie's. Oh, so yeah. I think when I, when I was creating the story of Lazarus, since it is a two parts two part story, that's not no secret anymore. Um, is I wanted to create a character that isn't meant to. He he was not meant to be held back as a secret into like the final session. He's he's he has his own agenda, his he has his own plan. And if you guys you know he he's stringing everyone along essentially. And I, I love it. I love that you guys saw him in the first session. You briefly saw him in the second one as well. And he just disappeared since. Mm-hmm. I think if I was to put Lazarus in every session, it kind of would get played out. But the Piggyback off of that, what do you guys think about seeing only not actually seeing Mogag yet? Uh, I think it's pretty neat because, like, you know, like we, we have no idea what we're really going up against. Could be anything. Yeah. Could be, uh, could just be like three sheep stacked in a trench coat. <laughs> a very interesting, uh, big bad. 110%. I would love, you know what? I'm petitioning right now for Mogak to be three sheep in a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> we'll convince that, you. I'm going to convince you tonight. Um, but yeah, you know, and I don't know much of being unbiased. My favorite introduction to a big bad was in the fall of Angelic Community when we summoned the big bad and we roasted the living crap out of him. And he just said, you know what? I got bigger things to do. And he just vanished away. That was a very good introduction. I enjoyed that. Speaking of Jared about that was Jared, if, if I'm not mistaken, because I don't want to get your words twisted, was that you weren't expecting this to pretty much roast him. And you just yeah. went off of the, you, you pretty much played off of us, which um, as a DM myself, I have to get better with. So seeing you like cool, cool, uh, calm, cool, and collected in that moment, was a really good way to introduce him, and it, it sticks out to me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The, that entire part, the entire time that I was sitting there talking back, I was trying not to laugh just from the constant just <laughs> coming back at him. And then, because, yeah, that whole scenario, I did not expect that to happen that way. No. And I don't think anyone did. <laughs> I summoned his soul from the feather, and I was like, "I'm a I'm a two foot gnome, thirty pounds, forty pounds on a bad day, um, and I'm just gonna be like, you know what? Combat's not here. Borbrax has a little bit of a mouth to him. Let, let's let's just get to work, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I just I, I I went for it. I, I didn't I didn't hold back, and I was like. Uh, that's my most proud moment of meeting an NPC. No lie. An NPC. I... Yeah, the the NPC. Like he is the NPC. NPC means non-player character. Well, the dungeon master technically isn't a player. Yeah. Ah, uh, I thought I. Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um. With all that being said. We, this uh this podcast is a it's a little bit of a shorter one 
Uh, we're going to go about 30 to 40 minutes. So we are about to hit that time. I do want to say that we do thank you guys for coming on. And before we let you guys go, we're going to start with Jared. Uh, give, tell us what you're working up. I know the Fall of Energetic Humanity is approaching its full weekly release very soon, within the next two to three weeks. So tell tell the viewers, tell us what we should be in the store for. Well, to for the Fall of Angelic Humanity, I'd say you should be prepared for anything to really happen because what even with the veil happening and ripping, there's a lot of stuff that humans still don't know. And there's stuff that even the other races don't know. So it'll definitely be a good combination of everything kind of coming together, in my opinion. Uh, I'm no lie. I'm very excited for the fall of energetic humanity. I think it's going to be a good segue. Uh, not segue. Uh, it's going to be a good um, because I'm going to get the vault ends in two weeks. It's going to be a good. It's going to be a good uh, campaign to pick up Sundays. Because we all look forward to Under Gates of All. I'm looking forward to session two of the Fall of Angelic Humanity. Absolutely. Now, Teddy, yeah. uh, yes. I don't know if you have any DM plans in the work. If you do, you know, great. We would love to hear about them. But also, like, what, what do you ha- uh, like, tell us about, since you're not a DM yourself, tell us about your characters in, in Under the Gates of All, Fall of Angelic Humanity, and uh, Under, under uh, the Rise of Lazarus. Not Under, Rise of Lazarus. So uh, three characters you're playing now. Tell us about them. All right. Uh, which one would you like me to start with? Uh, since we're, you know, I'm going in, I'm going in order. I see in Discord. Now let's go under the gaze of all. Under the gaze of all. So Capon, Gaxi, the Kenku monk. AKA uh, cool bird. Yeah. <laughs> AKA cool bird. Chugger of uh, medieval monster. Yep. Uh, I don't really remember what I was going with him aside from the fact that I thought Kenku was a really cool race and I thought that a monk was like you know a really cool like class so I was like all right let's merge them together and uh when picking like you know a monk subclass uh I figured that uh that Kenku make good rogues and all that so and like the the way of shadow is like a good a subclass for monks uh, at least when it comes to all that roguishness but at the same time like i didn't i don't think i even picked up like i, I might have but i don't remember if i even picked up like uh like expertise in uh or even proficiency in stealth so i don't know what i was doing with that all i know is that the way of shadow isn't that good uh it gives you the ability to teleport around and that's pretty nice yeah, absolutely. I don't mean. But then Ranoth got that. But yeah. then Ranoth just uh, got uh, you know teleporting before me. Yeah, we call it. We call it. Uh, I like to call it uh, uh, streamer streamer rights. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how Ranoth got that. I'm just glad I did. And- that was when you uh, died, and we used the staff of reincarnation, and you oh, came back as a dark elf. elf. Yeah, I forgot about that. He's back to being a demon, though, right? Half demon, yeah. yes, I'm a half demon still. Yeah. Um, I think I think uh and all the love the soup for this because I think my constant bitching about it got me what I wanted. Yeah, I was, I, 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 I was so sad that I lost because <laughs> there was so much missed opportunities if I was become a dark elf. I was like, no, no, so heartbroken. But that's Capon. Uh tell us about Abalon. Abalon. Uh, 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 man in the mask. Yeah, well, uh, 
from what I remember, I kind of like, uh, I was kind of like, you know, looking through Pinterest for some art, like, you know, and just like trying to come up with some ideas. And uh, at one point, like, you know, I, I feel, I think I just figured that like, uh, that like, you know, psychic, like, you know, powers like telekinesis and all that are like one of my favorite, like uh, common media, like superpowers. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I decided to build kind of like a, uh, just a psychic based character. Uh, he was originally just going to be a Psy warrior. But then, like, you know, I saw Aboleth, uh, like, Aboleth Mind on the Sorcerer, and then, you know, stuff started, like, you know, like, uh, like, you know, I started, you know, coming up with ideas, and then now he's basically just, like, an ambassador for Hadar himself. Oh, yeah, and mm-hmm. not to shamelessly plug my campaign again for, like, the time time this, this podcast, but we're in, we are in directly in the middle of Abalon's arc, and there's all cool stuff happening with Abalon, and I can't wait to see the rest of it. Even though I already know what's going to happen, but it's always good to see, like, uh, there's times you guys throw me, I think you guys can go left, you guys go right, I know, so I'm excited to see how you guys play off of this. Um, You say you know what's going to happen, but really, you have an idea of what's going to happen, it's all up to the players. Yeah, I think think that's the beauty of DM to a degree, is that you know what you want it to happen, and then the players are like, "No, no, 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 no! This is what's going to happen." <laughs> Definitely, and, Teddy. I don't. I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't remember the Fall of Angelic's character. Uh, I think it's Radovan. Yeah, it's what? It's Radovan Westcott. Uh, Tell us kinda, about him. Uh, I kind of wanted to make like a sort of like great sword user, and uh, found some art on Pinterest, and you know, I just made like a. A great sword, kind of like, kind of based off of Cloud Strife from uh, Final Fantasy and all that, just the big sword and all that. Yep. Uh, with his backstory and all that. But actually, he wasn't originally going to be my first character. Uh, my first character was going to be, uh, was going to be a fighter, gunslinger, uh, like a field medic by the name of Bren Martrana. And uh, I, but like, but I had already like, uh, like, you know, made him in D&D Beyond, kind of, like, come up with a backstory and everything. And then, uh, and I figured out that, like, you know, uh, like, like, you know, the only people that could really carry guns are, like, generals and all that. So I was yeah. like, huh, he's a field medic. Like, he doesn't have any, like, magic on him. But I, uh, but I put, like, I dumped, like, a lot of my leveling and all that into, like, you know, the, uh, the medical skill, like, the medicine skill. And yeah. I came up with a homebrew item that was a med kit. But then, like, you know, by the time I had already made him a gunslinger and all that and already had my image of my mind, so I found, like, this really cool art of, like, a, of, like, a Plague Doctor gunslinger. Awesome. I was like, uh, being a general wouldn't really fit him. So I decided to swap over to Radovan. Oh, no, that's, that's also very awesome. Um, I, think, yeah. I think you and Bra have come up with some interesting, very, very interesting characters. Um, mm-hmm. Well... Those are your three characters, and we love all three of them. Yeah. That's all the time we have for tonight. So thank you, both of you, for joining us on Prepared DMs. And also, fellow viewers, fellow travelers, go ahead and grab your local drink and meet us at your local tavern and give this podcast a listen. It will be available on any and all uh, podcast options, Apple, Spotify, Google. Can't wait to see what you guys think of today's episode. We'll catch you guys next time.